Welcome to Gethsemane Church. I'm Pastor Mark Lowe. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope today's service will inspire you, challenge you, and encourage you. For more information about our church, please go to GethsemaneChurchG3.com. God bless and enjoy the service. Trivial, yes. Amen. Amen. We saw what happened in our country yesterday where 
these little young people lost their lives in a senseless act. And we think, you know, that stuff is just kind of trivial, you know, when you think about it. And the world is definitely spiraling. It is. And it feels like, you know, that things are just worse than they ever have been, you know. But all of those things are nothing when it compares to a little young person's life. So I was thinking, you know, you know, but all of that stuff all has the same. What's, what's behind it is all the same, amen? What's going on in this world and the fact that the things just seem like it's firing out of control and then this senseless act and all this all comes from a lack of not knowing God. Amen? Yeah. A lack of not knowing and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So no matter where we go today, it's all going to be the same answer. Amen? To turn our hearts back to God. Amen? And we're going to be talking about Daniel, who Daniel had this, this king had a took him captive and he was going to be held captive and then they were going to put all this stuff up against him. But Daniel had resolved that he wasn't going to let that stuff affect his relationship with God. You see, what I've seen, to kind of get into the message here a little bit, what I've seen is the problem with this world isn't politics, amen? It isn't gas prices, it isn't all of these things, amen? The problem with this world is that we as a people have decided that we can now interpret what truth is. Does that make sense to you a little bit? We now have the ability to interpret what truth is. And we, we see now that there is no standard for what is right and what is wrong. Amen? We also see that, you know, we're kind of all determined that, you know, that whatever is right for me is right for me, right? But if it's wrong for you, then that's fine. That's wrong for you. But it doesn't matter as long as it doesn't affect me, Right? And uh, if it does, and you, you don't agree with what I feel, or, you know, what I think is wrong, or you don't agree with my feelings, then I'm just going to shame you, right? Or I'm going to talk about you, or I'm going to post this, and I'm going to post that. And, but the problem with, with all of that is that we, we're not the ones that interpret what truth is. Amen. Yeah. And no matter what we feel, or no matter what our feelings are, we're not the ones that interpret what truth is. We're not the ones that decide what's right and what's wrong. Amen. And it's not different for you than what's different for me. Your right and your wrong is not different for me. Amen. We all have the same right. We all have the same wrong. We all have the same truth. Amen. We all serve the same God. So we all, we can't decide what's true. Amen. So that's where we're going to get it today. And I had got, the other day I was thinking, on Monday I was beginning to think, you know, how can we get back? to where we need to get back. And I know that the answer, the church answer is that we just need to go back to our first love, right? That's, that's, that's the church answer, and that's what we need to do, and that is what we need to do, amen? But I was wondering, if we're ever going to see a great revival in the church, if we're ever going to see a great renewal in the church, if we're ever going to go back to where we was, then we'd have to first rebuild and return, amen? But if we're going to return and rebuild, I believe we've got to have results, amen? And all of those start with already. Amen. All of those have the prefix re. And uh, to the prefix re basically means to go back and do the same thing. Amen. To do it again. And that's what we're going to talk about in the resolve today. I believe we all know the answer. Right? But we've got to have the resolve to go back and do what we already know. Amen. The Bible wasn't written yesterday. Right? And the Bible was written, you know, 6,000, 2,000 years ago. However long the New Testament was probably a couple of thousand years old. Old Testament, six, seven thousand years old. However old it is, 
The Bible wasn't written yesterday. Amen. So the answer is still the same. We just got to have resolve and go back and do what the Bible taught us. Amen. And that's what we find when we go and read, we read the Bible. We see the word resolve means an inner conviction that a certain way is to go the right way. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Resolve, or another version, another uh, definition says to decide firmly on a course of action. An earnest determination to do something. And we see that in the Bible. If you go into Acts, Acts 11 and 23, I think you've got that there, Danny, or John Graham. It says, who he, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. That phrase, purpose of heart, means to be steadfast, to have resolve. Amen? If you go and you read the Bible, there are plenty of men and women who had resolved to live their lives for God and to do that without compromising. Amen? If you go back and you read the Bible, there were men and women who lived out their convictions without compromising. Joseph, when you read him, he, he faced sexual temptation. He said, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joshua, when faced with whether his family would serve the Lord or not, he said, but it's for me and my house who will serve the Lord. Esther, when faced with a fear, she said, then will I go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Amen. They were resolved that no matter what, they would follow God. Amen. Ruth, when faced whether to care for a family member, said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you, for where you go, amen, I go. Amen. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people say, your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I die. And then where I be, be, be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything, but death parts me from you. Amen. These people were resolved. Amen. To do the will of the Father. These people all dare to live with resolve. And that's our message today. To resolve is to live with conviction without compromise. Amen. To live with conviction without compromise. Today we're going to be in Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And we're going to talk about a man who had resolve, who had all the reason in the world to just kind of go with the flow. Who had all the reason in the world to just kind of go with what everybody else was doing, but he didn't. He decided he would live his life as God had purposed in his heart to live his life. If you go to Daniel 1, 1 through 2, John Brown, I have that on the board, and it says, In the year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with parts of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Amen. If you notice that that God in those scriptures is a little G, which means that they weren't the real God, Jehovah. Amen. It might surprise you to know that God had directed Babylon to conquer Jerusalem here. See, God gave them this evil country because they had sin in their lives. God had warned them about the consequences of their disobedience. God had told them in Deuteronomy 28 and 49, the Lord will bring a nation against you for far away from the end of the earth. Lord, the Lord will bring a nation for you from far in the end, the end of the earth, sweeping down like an eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand. Nebuchadnezzar took some of the holy vessels from the temple, the Bible says, and placed them in front of his God, the false God, and this was to show that his God was stronger than their God. If you go on to verses 3, it says, And the king spake unto Ashkenaz, 
the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom shall not blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such as had an ability them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongues of the Chaldeans. See, these children, the Bible mentioned, were teenagers. The uh, commentary I've read, and I've read this before, says they were young and about 14 years old. The Bible says they were handsome men. They were very wise for their age. They were very smart, and they had studied their, their culture, and now they would go and they would study this new culture. The Bible says that they were worthy to stand before a king. Proverbs 22 and 9 22 and 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. These, teen, these teens were taught the language in the history of this foreign culture, the land of Babylon. The plan was to just kind of assimilate them into that culture. Amen. What they wanted them to do is they wanted to take these young men, they wanted to teach them the language, they wanted to teach them the history, and eventually they would make them leaders in this Babylon army. Verse 5 says, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, and at the end thereof they might stand before the king. See, they were to eat and drink the same thing the king did, the Bible says. They would study this culture for three years, after which they would be brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar knew the first thing he needed to do was win the minds of the young adults. Amen? That's what he needed to do. Amen? If you uh, read history or if you have watched history or anything, you would know that Adolf Hitler said the same thing. He had to win the, the minds of the young people. And if you look at our country right now, you'll probably see the same thing going on. You'll see people trying to win the minds of the young people. Amen. Amen. And unfortunately, our culture is letting that happen today. Or there are young people who are being, I'm not going to say the word brainwashed, but that's what it feels like. Amen. They're being assimilated, if you will, to this new culture. And that's... Uh, what we're seeing in this world just as we did back then. Verse 6 says this, Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, upon whom the prince and the eunuchs gave names. He gave them new names, the Bible says. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. These four teams were from the royal line of Judah. And each of these had Hebrews names, and all of their names reflected God of Israel. And here they were, they were given new names. And this new name reflected the God of Babylon, this new pagan God. In a culture where names were of great significance, the aim here was to show that their identity was gone. They no longer were who they were before. Daniel means, isn't it mean? <laughs> Daniel, that name means God is my judge. Belshazzar means Baal will protect. Hananiah means God is gracious. His name was changed to Shadrach, meaning fearful of a God. Mishael meant God is without equal. Meshach means belongs to a coup, which was a pagan God. Azariah, the Lord is my helper. His name was changed to Abednego, servant of Nijah. Nebuchadnezzar's goal was to change who they were. He wanted to change their identity. Amen. Even though he taught them his culture, he couldn't change their character. He removed them from their families, but he couldn't remove them from their faith. Amen. He changed their homes, but he couldn't realign their hearts. Amen. He altered their names, but he couldn't change their nature. Amen. I want you to know this day that if you truly follow God, no matter where your life leads you, 
you'll be okay. Amen. See, your body can be in Babylon, but your heart can still be with God. These men were taken away from their land, and they were taken to a foreign land. Amen. But they were still okay because their heart was still with God. So no matter where this life takes you, no matter what problems come your way, no matter what happens tomorrow, you can still be okay if your heart is still with God. Amen. So today you may wonder, how can someone have peace in a storm? How can someone find comfort in chaos? And no matter what you're going through, if your heart and your trust is in God, you can still have peace and comfort. It doesn't matter that you won't be in those situations. It doesn't matter that, you know, those situations might still be against you, amen, but you can still have peace and comfort in whatever those situations are because your trust is in God, amen. We're going to go to our key verse today, verse 8. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuch that he may not defile himself. Amen. The Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Another version says, but Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself. Another version says, but Daniel was determined that he would not defile himself. Amen. Daniel was resolved. He said, I will not defile myself. Amen. Daniel was resolved to live life with conviction and without compromise. In this passage today, I see three ways. I told my wife I didn't have no points. I do got points. <laughs> I got three points. Uh, I've always got points. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but this Bible says, in the Bible, I found three ways in this passage that we can live our lives without compromise. Amen. The first one I see is that you got to build your convictions on God's word. Amen. Build your convictions on God's word. Verse 8 begins with the word but. Verses 8 says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion. It began with the word but. This shows a contrast to what happened before. In other words, the Bible says that they gave Daniel a new name. They taught him a new language. They taught him the culture. They gave him food that was fit for a king. But the Bible says, but Daniel was resolved. Amen. But Daniel was resolved. No matter what the Babylonians were doing to him, Daniel made a decided resolution from an inner resolve. He said, I purposed in my heart, amen, that I would not defile myself. He didn't let his feelings affect what was going on around him, amen? He didn't live by his feelings, but instead he put the facts of God's word into his heart. He wasn't led by his heart, amen? He led his heart, amen? Even though others were doing things to him, like changing his name, right? It was, they, uh, they had done all these things to him. They changed his name. They took him from his country. But in his heart, he was still resolved that he would follow after his God. And he would not be defiled by the things going on around him. So today, the question is, what are you putting in your heart? See, God was in his heart. So because God was in his heart, he wouldn't let anything defile him. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. We make our decisions and then our decisions turn around and make us. Right? What Daniel decided as a teenager shaped the rest of his life. Amen. If you think about it, this was a young man that was 14 years old. And he, that decision he made that day not to eat that food, to not let that food defile his body, shape the rest of his life. Amen. What you put in your heart today will shape the rest of your life. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, Daniel gave his whole self to a certain definite purpose which he deliberately formed. 
resolved ahead of time that he would not defile himself. The word defile means to pollute, stain, or make impure. I always found it interesting here that Daniel chose where he would take his stand. See, as I said, they had took him from his country. Amen? And he didn't resist. Or he doesn't appear to have resisted. They took him from his country and they sent him to Babylon. He doesn't appear to resist. He didn't push back when they started teaching him these things in these schools. When they started teaching him the language, we don't hear of him pushing back. They even changed his name and he doesn't appear to say a word. But yet, when they told him to eat of the king's food and drink, he spoke out and he said, I will not be defiled. Amen. When he was offered the king's food and drink, his conviction sounded alarm. See, because to eat this food would violate his biblical convictions. Daniel's decision came from a, the depth of his soul and was directed by Scripture itself. To go back and you read in Leviticus, Leviticus 7 and 21 says, Moreover, the soul that shall touch any unclean thing is the uncleanness of man or any unclean beast or any abominable, abominable unclean thing and eat the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings which pertain unto the Lord. Even that soul shall be cut off from his people. So the Bible had told him that he shouldn't eat this meat. Daniel knew the word, and he knew to take this food would be against the word. Amen? He also knew that to take this food and wine was offered as a sacrifice to false gods. During this time, these pagan people, they would take this food and they would offer it to their false gods. They would also pour their wine out to offer it to their false gods. So he knew if he took the wine of the Babylonians, he would be taking a, a wine that was also sacrificed to false gods. He also knew if he took this wine, he would be taking a wine that was a very strong alcohol content. Daniel knew that scriptures told him that he shouldn't be drinking. Right? It told him in scripture in Proverbs 20 and 1 that wine could lead him astray. And it wasn't wise. Amen. So Daniel knew that he shouldn't be drinking that alcohol. Amen. He also knew to eat with someone else meant that you approved of their lifestyle. To, eat, to refuse the king's food was a big deal. Amen. It was the best food in the land, and it could also be an insult to the king himself. Daniel was in a pretty bad situation. A lot of the Israelites had been slaughtered by, by the Babylonians, and they had been enslaved. Daniel could have just went along and ate the food, amen? Have you ever heard sometimes you got to go along to get, get along to go along, or go along to get along, or whatever, however that goes, amen? Sometimes you got to go along to get along, that's how that goes. I think there were a lot of people that were going the wrong way, amen? And I think that's where a lot of people go the wrong way. They, go, they simply go along with the crowd. Amen. They don't have convictions of themselves. They don't have resolve for themselves. They don't want to cause any waves, amen? We see that in the world today. People just go along with the crowd, and they don't want to step out and be bold and be a Daniel, amen? What I see in the world today is we have two extremes, amen? We have two sets of people coming here today. Right, especially in, in Christianity, we have two sets of Christians. Some Christians, they don't stand up for anything. They function more like uh, spiritual comedians, if you will. They just kind of blend in the culture. And they kind of just, whatever's around them, that's who they kind of blend in with. And then you have the other Christian, the other extreme, who takes this strong positions on everything. And they yell loudly and they shout loudly and they're very harsh. And they're very confused in their own biblical convictions for their own personal convictions. What I've noticed is what divides us today is not really our views on hot-button issues. If you look at the news today and if you go out and uh, you watch, if 
you get on the internet or you do anything, you'll notice that it seems like Christians are kind of divided, right? And they're kind of divided by these hot-button topics, if you will, like abortion and gender and homosexuality and all those things. But really and truly, what the real what the real division is is our, our, what we believe is truth. See, many today believe that truth is whatever we choose for it to be, right? The common theme today is just do whatever makes you happy, amen? Or you do you and I'll do me, right? You hear that all the time, amen? You do you and I'll do me, right? And if you, if you don't hear anything else I said, you may have tuned me out a long time ago, but I want you to hear this. Our convictions and our version of what truth is must be built on the absolute authority of the Word of God. Amen. See, our truth must be built on what thus says the Word of God. Amen. Regardless of what pushback comes your way. Amen. Today, your end will be determined by your beginning. Where are you building your convictions? Where are you building your beliefs? Where are you building your truth? You've got to have convictions. You've got to have your truth. Amen which is God's truth, and you've got to build that on the absolute Word of God. Amen? So, so you've got to be resolved to live with conviction and without compromise. Amen? Today, the world has its own form of what truth is. Amen? If you ask somebody, they'll tell you what they believe real quickly. Amen? If you ask somebody, are they a Christian, they're very quick to tell you what they believe. Amen? But I want you to understand today that what you believe must be based on what the Bible says. Amen. The Bible is the absolute authority because it's God's word. Amen. Amen. The absolute authority. God has put everything we need to know in the Bible. Okay. God has put everything we need to know in the Bible. When faced with any issues or situations, the most important question you can ask is this. What does the Bible say? Amen. What does the Bible say? I told Heather, God poured all this into me, and I am a, a, a man of, uh, I don't like conflict, and I don't like, uh, I don't like to stir the pot, if you will, but I also feel like when God gives you something, you got to go through it, so I want to kind of go over some hot button issues today, but I want you to think about what does the Bible say, amen, so today if the world was to ask you the question, are we a product of evolution, the answer would be, in the beginning, God created the world out of nothing for his glory. That's Genesis 1, 1 and 2, Isaiah 42 and 5, Psalms 121, 1 and 2. God created the earth, amen. So if anybody ever asked you, were you created by evolution? You have an answer in the Bible, amen. What does the Bible say, amen? What does the Bible say? Today, if the, the question is, is it okay to change your gender? The Bible says God created us male and female. From the time we were in the womb. Genesis 1 and 27, Matthew 19 and 4. If the world says, is it okay for a woman to marry someone of the same sex, a man to marry someone of the same sex? The Bible says that the marriage is a covenant relationship between one man and one woman. Genesis 2, 24, Matthew 19, 5 and 6. Today, if the world is very, if the world asks you, is abortion okay? Amen. The Bible says life begins at conception. Every baby in the womb is made in God's image. Amen. 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 The preborn has worth and value, and they must be protected. That's Genesis 1 and 26, Jeremiah 1 and 5. Amen. Today, if the Bible says, is there another way to salvation? Is there another way you can be saved? If the, if the Bible, if, if someone comes to you today and says, is there another way that you can get to heaven? Do all religions end in heaven? 
Bible says Jesus is the only way to salvation. John 14 and 6. Amen. Acts 4 and 12. See, we believe the scriptures alone teach we are saved by grace alone. Through faith alone in Christ alone. Amen. For the glory of God. And I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But I want you to know that our personal convictions must be based on biblical convictions. Amen. And our beliefs and what you believe should come from the Word of God. So today, if you have a belief, and if you want to stand up for something, make sure that it is based on the Word of God. Amen. And make sure you can back it up. Amen. Make sure you have Scripture. Right? A lot, there's a lot of shouting today. There's a lot of people with opinions. There's a lot of political things. People are trying to make political stuff out of everything. But this isn't political. Amen. This is about lives. Amen. This is about heaven and hell. This is about people's souls. Amen. And a relationship with God. Amen. It's not trying to hurt people's feelings. Amen. And it's not about our own personal convictions. Amen. This is biblical convictions. And because of that, you must be resolved to follow Jesus. Amen. And have your own biblical convictions. We can't let our feelings confuse our biblical convictions. Amen. No matter what we feel for a person. No matter if we've all got family members that are living in situations, we've all got loved ones that we love. And we love them no matter what, right? We love them. And that doesn't change. That doesn't change the fact that we love them, amen? But if we do love them, amen, then we won't be the one to tell them the truth. By the Bible, amen? Issues that are, there's a lot of issues that are being strongly debated in our courts, in our school board meetings, and unfortunately they're also being debated in our churches. Amen. There's this thing that's coming out now called this deconstruction movement, where people are, they have this new thing where they're wanting to doubt and they're wanting to question the Word of God. And they're wanting to get together and they're wanting to debate what this means or what that means. But why can't we just take it for what it says? Amen. Why can't we just believe what the Bible says? Straightforward. If it tells you it's wrong, it's wrong. If it tells you to do it, do it. Amen. Why do we have to debate what the Word of God says? Amen. We need to have resolve in our beliefs. Being pure, choosing what we put in our bodies, the movies we watch, the TV shows we watch, the music we listen to, how we spend our money. All of these things are issues that we need to have biblical convictions. Not just these hot topic things that people are debating loudly, but on everything. When you think about it, it would be easy for Daniel to just ate the king's diet. Amen. It would be easy for us just to go along with the crowd. And it would have been easy for Daniel just to eat the king's diet. He was far away from home. It seemed like everybody else was eating their food. He had his, he could have just sat there with his fingers crossed and ate what the king ate. Amen? Right? You can always find an excuse to do what you want to do. Amen? But we must be resolved to live with conviction and without compromise. Our first point today is that we must have convictions that are biblically based. Our second point is we must still also be respectful towards people. Amen. If they agree with us or not, we still, we still should be respectful to them. Amen. Our beliefs do not give us a right to be disrespectful towards others. Daniel was determined not to eat the king's diet, so he made an appeal. You read that second. Get back to verse 8, John Brown. It says, therefore he asked the king of the eunuchs. It says, therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow himself not to defile himself. Daniel was tactful. Amen. The Bible says he made an appeal or he asked. There's no indication here that he was rude. 
There's no indication here that he was pushing. There's no indication here that he was angry. There's no indication here that he posted anything on Facebook. He didn't tweet nothing. Amen. He didn't make uh, he didn't make a big deal out of it, right? He didn't go and hold a sign down by the road. What he did was he asked if he could not eat of the king of meat. Amen. And he was respectful about it. We can still show love and respect to a person even if we don't agree with them. Amen. See, there's a lot of anger in our culture today. Unfortunately, it's in the church also. Amen. I was listening to a preacher the other day and he was preaching as hateful as he could preach. A lot of what he was saying was the truth. But the way he was saying would never lead anybody to Jesus. Amen. Right. The way he was saying it would just push people further and further away. If your purpose today is to win someone to Jesus, you won't do it with hate. With hate. You won't do it with anger. If you want to win somebody to Jesus, you'll do it with love. Amen? Amen. You need to share your convictions, your biblical convictions with people in the way that Jesus did it, with love. And you say, well, Jesus ran in people out of, the, out of the temple that day, right? But my Bible says that he sat down and he fashioned the will. Amen. He was thoughtful in what he was doing. He was in control of what he was doing. Amen. He made a point, but he done it in a way that he was thoughtful about it. He was in control of it. Amen. I want you to know today that if you are hateful in the way that you tell people about Jesus, and if you are mean in the way you tell people about Jesus, you're only pushing them further and further away from God. First Peter 3 and 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in all your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is with you with meekness and fear. Always be ready to give an answer of hope and meekness and in fear. Colossians 4, 5, 6 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, Seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Taking a stand, having resolve, doesn't mean we have to be condescending to me. Amen. If you have a pen, write this down. Or if you have a phone, put in any phone. There are wrong ways to be right. Amen. Amen. There are wrong ways to be right. Spurgeon said it like this. Firmness of purpose should be adorned with gentleness and manner of carrying it out. Jesus was not always politically correct. And he was, not always, he was not afraid to speak out against what was wrong. But the Bible says he done it with fullness of grace and truth. Amen. We don't have to cave to what culture says, but we also don't have to be hateful in our beliefs. Amen. We must resolve to live with conviction without compromise. Amen. We do that by building our convictions on the Word of God, but also we do it by behaving respectfully towards people that we disagree with. Our third point tonight is we believe that God will make a way. Amen. You go and you read verse 9. It says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Amen. The Wereshaw's translation would say it like this. Daniel stood up and God showed up. Amen. When Daniel stood out, God showed up. Amen. That's what Daniel did. When Daniel stood up for God and said, I will not defile myself. But he done it in a respectful way. God showed up. Right? And he showed Daniel favor. Right? The word favor means loving kindness and compassion. And this refers to tender sympathy toward Daniel. And this is really incredible. These Babylonians were kind of barbaric type people. Their normal instinct, if this man would have decided that he wasn't going to eat this food, their normal instinct would have been to kill him because he was being disobedient or to put him in prison. Right? 
But I want you to know today that Proverbs 16 and 7 says, When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Mm -hmm. Amen. When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Joseph experienced something similar, if you remember back in the Bible, in Genesis 39 and 21. And it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Amen. This is when Joseph was set in prison. And the Bible says that the keeper of the prison had favor against him. God's word says he will honor those that honor him. Amen. The men had resolved in their hearts to live for God. And nothing, no one else was going to turn them against their convictions. In chapter 3, the Bible says they refused to bow down to this golden image. And before being thrown into this fiery furnace, they proclaimed, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Amen. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. If you go on to read in chapter 6, Daniel, now more than 80 years old, risked his life in the lion's den rather than compromise his prayer life. The book of Daniel was filled with miracles and drama. It's filled with all these things that this man done. But this crucial event in Daniel's life even though it didn't seem like a miracle at the time, it was just a simple decision not to cross the line, not to eat of the king's food, but that's changed his life forever. And that set the tone for his life. He said, I will not defile myself. Amen. Someone once said, Our call is to be faithful to Jesus, knowing in the end, whether it be on heaven or earth, no one will regret standing up for Jesus. Amen. In the end, no one will say, Man, I wish I'd have done a little bit less for Jesus. Amen. Whenever we get to heaven, I don't think anybody would have say, will ever say, man, I wish I would, I would have told, I would have told as many people about Jesus. Whenever we get to heaven, I don't think people are going to say, man, I wish I would have spent a little bit less time in church. Amen. We must be resolved to live with conviction and without compromise. Today, the message is we need to resolve to live our live our life by the Word of God. If we live our lives by the Word of God, we can't go wrong. Amen. Not everyone will be happy with us, but I'd much rather Jesus say well done than for everybody to be happy with us. Amen? Amen. I've said in messages many times, but it's still true today. Your life is a sum of choices. Amen? But I want you to understand today, your resolve today will shape who you become tomorrow. You have to decide today that I will not cross that line. Amen? A lot of people today are crossing lines that they're not going to be able to get back crossing lines that they'll never be able to get back from. This world changes and we see people just kind of going along with it. We see churches that are changing with the world and they're compromising the word of God. They're, they're not going to be able to come back from that. Amen. But I want you to know that the resolve that you set today will shape who you become more. So today as we get ready to close here, there's three things that I believe we can do today. That while chaos is all around us, amen, there's three things I believe we can do that will help us today. We'll cultivate our beliefs on our convictions ahead of time. So if you decide today, I'm not going to do that, amen. If you decide today, I'm not going to break the word of God. I'm not going to go against the word of God. We cultivate our beliefs and our convictions ahead of time. The next thing we can do is we can, accept, we can expect opposition, amen. I want you to know today, if you stand up for God, people are going to come against you in this world. If you say things that are, are, are biblically based, it doesn't matter. People are still going to come against you. Amen? Our culture will continually try to reprogram us and our families to their beliefs. Amen? we got to expect that. 
last, and you may have heard it before, to draw a line in the sand. Today I ask you to draw a line in your soul. How far are you willing to go? We need to choose what we will stand for today and be resolved to stand for our convictions based on the Word of God. Based on the Word of God. Amen. I want to ask our worship team to come up at this time. Amen. Some of this was a little strong today. Like I said, I didn't want to step on anybody's feet, and I hope you guys will come back. Amen. <laughs> our pastor uh, will be back Sunday, and maybe he'll uh, preach to you someday. Amen. But, uh, Oh, so don't don't leave because he says it's sure as the world. He ran everybody off. He ran everybody off. I'm on vacation. I need to let him go on vacation. Amen. But I want you to know today that uh, we must build our beliefs and our base our convictions on the Bible. Amen. I read something pretty interesting the other day. In California, they have these big sequoia trees. I've only seen them on TV and on the internet. I've never seen them personally. I would like to one day see them personally. But in, in California, they have these huge sequoia trees, and they get really, really tall. Some of them are as tall as a football field, I've heard, and some of them are thousands of years old. These trees uh, in California, all of a sudden, like I said, they've been there for thousands of years, and all of a sudden, some of them started falling down. And uh, they, they started studying, finding out what the world's causing these big trees that's been here for thousands of years to just all of a sudden fall down, right? There's no lightning. There's no fire. There's no big winds coming by. What's causing these big trees to fall down? So they went in and they began to study. And what they found was it was actually these little bitty tiny beetles that had got into these trees and they had began to eat the inside of them. And they had began to make them hollow. And they had began to eat out the bark from the inside. And these trees, they looked very healthy on the outside, but on the inside they were hollow. And then they just kind of just fell over and they collapsed one day. Amen. I read where 28 of these big trees had fell down. And these are trees that are protected. And they have been brought down by these little bitty beetles that are about the size of your tip of your finger. And the same thing, I believe, happens when we refuse to stand our ground for Jesus. Amen. See, whenever we begin to compromise and we begin to compromise after compromise and we begin to you know, go a little bit further, we begin to do this, and we begin to take on that sin, and we begin to, you know, we, well, well, maybe Jesus didn't really mean that, and maybe really, the Bible really didn't mean that, and, and, you know, this person that I love, you know, they, they're this way, so, you know, I'm going to, you know, I don't really believe that God, you know, he loves everybody, so, but eventually, those little decisions add up, amen, and eventually, we fall just like those sequoia trees, amen. Whenever we let things into our heart that isn't right. And eventually, we may look fine on the outside, but we've let all of these things into our lives. And eventually, just like those trees, we fall. Right? If you show me a person that's fallen, I'll show you a person that started compromising years ago. It doesn't happen today. It doesn't happen with a decision you make today. It usually happens with compromises you made many years ago. And you compromise on this and you compromise on that and you kind of leave this part of the Bible out and you don't follow this part of the Bible and then before long you fall. So tonight I want to ask us all is there anything in our lives that we've compromised on? Right? Maybe that's not an answer. I want you to Put your hand up and shout out, right? 
but something in your heart that maybe God will speak to you tonight that maybe you compromised on or maybe you've uh, let go too far in your life. Maybe something you've uh, been doing or maybe slipping on or whatever it is that tonight you say, you know what? I want to be resolved tonight that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to let this slide anymore. I'm not going to not do this. I'm not going to keep doing this. Whatever it is tonight, maybe you want to resolve in your life. The Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Amen. He purposed in his heart. So tonight, I ask that we would purpose in our heart that we would not defile ourselves with the things of this world. Amen. The things of this world that this world is trying to tell us is that it got to be okay because God loves everybody. Or this things of this world that, that is, you know, God, God wouldn't, you know, really hurt. God wouldn't really judge people, right? Right? Because he's a God of love, right? We've got to be purposed in our heart that we will not defile ourselves. We will build our convictions on the Bible. I want to pray tonight. If you want to pray, if you want to worship, whatever you want to do.